and welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I am joined with my good buddies, Ethan Huffman and Uncle Beltry. Now, guys, we are back. We uh, missed uh, the last week. We couldn't really connect. Um, it, it's been a little while. We're behind a little bit. The NBA season is upon us. It started, and we have yet to uh, do a couple pods that we normally do. We we didn't re- didn't get to the Pacific Division. We're doing that today. We'll eventually get to some awards predictions. Don't worry, listeners. We've already made our predictions. Um, we're not going to wait two weeks and change it or anything like that. But guys, uh, are you ready to get talking now that uh, the NBA season has gotten underway? Most deaf. Basketball's back. Football's over. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> football, no, but well, football's not quite over. Yeah, but the World Series is hopping. Maybe uh, afterwards, stay after the pod, everyone. A uh, special World Series pod coming up. Merrill Kelly, he's good stuff. Yeah, I'm just gonna cut that. I'm cutting that. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, to to the uh, um, uh, to the Pacific Division, um, guys. Just so you, just so we all know, every one of these teams last year made the playoffs. Uh, in the Western Conference, and right now, every one of these teams has one loss. The Suns are the only one that has two wins at the time of recording here. And, well, I, there's really no place to start, I think, other than the Phoenix Suns. They're the team with the highest over-under, 51.5, and we know all of the stuff that they did this offseason, right? They they said, we are going to keep uh, Kevin Durant, we're going to keep Devin Booker, and, well... That's mostly it. They kept a couple other guys, but we are just going to bring in a whole bunch of new people. Bradley Beal, come on down. We're getting you for basically for free uh, because of the contract. And then the Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little trade for DeAndre Ayton. Um, they they did that swap in the Dame trade. Um, we've already kind of talked about how, I don't know, for me, I didn't quite care for that. I didn't quite love that personally, but we did like a lot of the minimum signings that they did the rest of the way. Um, how do we think this team stacks up in the, this division? Do we think it's the best team? Um, uh, again, do we think that they're going to, I mean, I guess it was the Kings who was the best uh, team last year, but w- with these new changes, how do you see them faring in the regular season? I think, I mean, I think this, I think this team's going to be fine. Um, we got to see, hopefully they get all three of their main guys healthy. Well, at least Durant's there. But even just seeing this team without like Beal or Booker and Durant running it, I think I'm I am confident in these role players. It's not like these some I, I was worried with the role players just being like throwing pieces that we have there. But I think the role players so far have not been as as bad as I thought they would. And honestly, I think they're not going to be asking much for them as long as they rotate these three guys well enough their minutes. You're always going to have at least, I mean, you should have at least one of those three out on the floor, if not two of them at the same time. And I think it's going to go well. And this is probably a testament to maybe how bad the Lakers offensive defense was. I mean, just even watching that Lakers Suns games, it was just, well, first, I think the Lakers offense was just horrible that game. But like even watching that game, you kind of was just like, oh, Kevin Durant can still hoop. And if you give him guys who can shoot or guys who can at least spread the floor a little bit, he's going to be able to get some wiggle room. I was interested though, and and Ethan will probably know more about this. Can know more about this player, just how Nurkic would fit in, how fit in fit into his role. Because I mean, we're going, we're pretty much replacing Aiton with Nurkic, and I'm trying to think. I'm like, it, is it really much of a positive? Like, am I 
what am I really getting? Like, because I, I would have to compare the two defensively, especially to look at what we're really getting. I think that was, that was one of my biggest worries. But you're bringing in some solid guys. You're like, hey, let's throw in these pieces, see if it meshes. Like, I like it. For me, at least, I like an Eric Gordon type of signing. Grayson Allen was showing out beforehand that he's at least serviceable role player. And I even like like a Yuta Wontanabe. Having a guy like that who became one of the best corner three-point shooter guys in the NBA, which is like if you have Kevin Durant, Booker, or Beal who are going to be driving a lot or pulling up, if guys collapse on them, get ready to shoot. But that's where I look at it as, um, to me, this is currently the top team in this division at least. Yeah, I think I think the Suns are in a really good spot. Obviously, you have three guys who have made an all-NBA team at some point in their career. You're going to have a lot of good things happening for you. Obviously, we haven't seen said third NBA guy yet. Um, Bradley Beal's not played, and that's going to be changing at some point soon. Talking about Nurkic, like, the thing about Nurkic is, like, he's not – he's definitely not as good as DeAndre Ayton. But in some ways, like, maybe that's better for this team because, like, then, like, there's not this weird, almost unrealistic expectation of how someone's supposed to perform. And then, like, the egos involved with, like, kind of the barbs that go back and forth. Like, obviously, Monte Williams was having trouble reaching him. And who knows if Frank Vogel could have. But there must have been some kind of disconnection because they gave him away for, you know, not a lot. You know, not a particularly good contract in Nurkic, an okay, you know, rotation guard in Grayson Allen. I mean, it's like just not a lot. And we'll see come playoff time when you have to go up against a guy like Nikola Jokic if Nurkic can do a single thing with him. Not that Aiton is perfect, but Aiton did have a moment when they, you know, went to the finals a few years ago. Ultimately, they, they, they did great on the minimum market with, like, Eric Gordon, Bates D.F. Like, all of these guys are going to have a moment of contribution. And I think you just have to be pretty happy if you're a Suns fan that they're willing, with the new ownership, to just make the moves that are, are you know, honest tries. And I'm not sure how much of this is going to work out. I don't think they'll be able to stop a sneeze in the playoffs. But maybe you don't have to when you have Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal. I think with the trade that we've we've talked about with it, sending sending dominating out, um, I think that uh, it's basically could we get everyone swimming the same direction, right? It 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 seemed like he, I don't know, what wasn't really going to want to fit into that role and being the fourth guy. Unfortunately, now you're at a worse team. You're probably still the fourth guy uh, over in Portland as far as who gets fed. Um, but with, with this, I am, I'm concerned about the defensive versatility from the center position there. Um, not sure exactly what you can do. Uh, I know that Nurkic can set a mean screen and that's nice. Um, but in the regular season, I don't think it's going to hurt you all that much. I, I think this team is going to do fairly well. I think that they are, I, I have them, I believe as the second um, uh, second seed in the actually, I got I got them finishing first seed, number one seed in the in the Western Conference. Um, just to, total record. Um, they've only had Kevin Durant in all three games. Uh, they've missed Bradley Beal in all of them. Had Devin Booker for just one of them, and between one. Uh, small sample size 
for sure. But you're going to play a lot of, you know, they went in, beat Utah with Kevin Durant and a bunch of these minimum guys in Nurkic, right? It's just they, they're going to be able to fit around the guys that they have because their guys do fit really well with other people, right? Kevin Durant is not a bad fit with anyone, right? Dev Booker's not a bad fit with anyone. And so you just throw the other guys out there and Eric Gordon's going to have a game, right? Uh, Grayson Allen's going to have a game. I think that this team is pretty well suited to be resilient even through injury um, in the regular season against, you know, you're going to play a lot of bad teams. Now in the playoffs, you got to have everyone there um, and you've got to hope to outscore them. And we're going to see if, if they can do that. Well, let's go ahead and get to the next uh, team on the overrunner. Uh, next two teams are actually tied, uh, but 47 and a half. We'll go to Golden State, uh, Golden State Warriors. Um, last year, 44 38. And the big thing that they did was they brought in Chris Paul. Um, he is, uh, you know, they brought in a couple other guys, you know, Dario Saric, Corey Joseph. Um, they're obviously sending out Jordan Poole, uh, drafting Brandon Pajemski. Trace Jackson Davis, I don't think that Trace Jackson Davis is going to get any minutes this year, uh, but pods might. Um, I, it's interesting. They've not had Draymond yet. Draymond's coming back today, and thus far, Chris Paul's been in the starting lineup. I've thought that he's fit in reasonably well, um, although I've not seen every single game, but he's smart enough. He's going to figure it out. I do wish that they had a better role man center. Um, in the second lineup, like Kevon Looney is not really that guy to to do that tandem work with Chris Paul. Like I wish they had another big to, to do that. And maybe when Draymond comes, he's you're gonna be able to do some pick and roll, short roll stuff, and and it'll all work out. But I am curious to see how they utilize Chris Paul. Like, is he gonna? He's been starting. Is he gonna continue to start? Um, is if he doesn't, if he gets sent to the bench then is that going to cause any friction? Um, or are they going to say, ah, let's go ahead and put Looney to the bench or, or something something like that, which I don't know. It, it just makes more sense to have Chris Paul come off the bench uh, and get just as many minutes, finish games with him uh, on the floor if you need to. Um, I, I don't think it's that bad of a fit as long as Clay Thompson can well, just be be a solid older version of himself. If we see slippage from him, I that's where I think like this is going to matter. Like the, the Warriors have aspirations of championship, but if Klay Thompson's not going to be himself, that's going to be the problem. And uh I, I don't know. This team I think is less resilient to uh missing key players, which Draymond's already missed some time. And um so I don't know. We'll see as far as regular season goes, but if this team is is healthy, uh, I, like I, I just like the fit. I like the fit of Chris Paul. I think he's doing um, what he needs to to fit in. As long, as, I just want them to get a, be- a better rolling center. Hey, James Wiseman, you want him back? <laughs> yeah, this team just doesn't have like extended depth pieces. There's not like just this random unknown i mean maybe maybe it's trace jackson davis like ha 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 whatever like it's just like there's no none of these guys 
that you see coming up the line for this team is like, well, maybe like this, this guy could be a difference maker. Like a lot of these players kind of fit into a role that you can imagine in the Warriors offense or defensive schemes, but no one really is like, yeah, he's going to be like the, like, like, for example, I just don't see that quite like Austin Reeves, like out of no kind of out of nowhere development player like that the Lakers like stumbled upon. Like, I'm just not seeing that kind of guy. And that's what the late, like if the Warriors can't get that, they are going to require their stable of stars, Curry, Thompson, and Green, to buoy and carry everything. And if Clay's not quite, you know, that laser shooter he's been, and not quite a serviceable defender, it's just a lot of holes for you know Andrew Wiggins and Curry and and Green, Green to make up for in their respective strengths. And I I worry that matchup dependent team I worry that they're a matchup dependent team and if they don't if they play the nuggets I think they have no chance no yeah just like I'm, I'm looking at their lineup going across from because I'm expecting like you have guys like Kaminga I think they're ready they have to be waiting to see what can he do because I'm, there was a lot of teams asking about Kaminga I remember around the draft some teams were like hey can we trade our, our our draft pick. I know the Pacers were at one point rumored to possibly be moving their draft pick to get Kaminga. And I want to see like, what can he actually do? Cause this is the beginning of his, I think third season, right? For Kaminga and Moses Moody for both of them is third season. I want to say so. And it kind of feels like I get it. This team is making deep playoff runs. So you often play your veterans, but it'll be interesting to see like as Richard, you were talking about kind of like the, the two man game. We're going to get one straight on green comes back how the defense begins to round out, what they're going to do there once they get him back. But um, something about this team just feels like if you were to ask me, hey, do you think they have a deep playoff run in them? Right now, this looks like a a semi a team that can reach the Western Conference semifinals. Get past the first round matchup, depending on who it is. It all depends on who it is. If they're a top seed, get past it. But... I don't know. There there seems to be missing parts from this roster makeup right now as I look at it. That's where I'm at. It, it, it's tough because of yeah, it's tough because of how much money is already invested in the roster and like they're the only way to make a change is if you're somehow trading, you know, you think about the guys who, who have any money to their name, right? Kaminga, Gary Payton the second, Moses Moody, right? Other than that, it's the primary guys in the starting lineup making uh you know it's we're moving chris paul for something right but i don't know the way that that happens because i think they're so averse to bringing in someone else they've got 13 guys in the roster because they are trying to limit the tax bill which does make me concerned that you know they're not going to go out and look for that um for for extra pieces when they might be there it's going to be more of a uh, cost shedding moves. So I mean, I, I got this team finishing fifth in the West. Um, they, they, this is they were able to withstand the the Kings because in a seven game series, this is a really smart team and they can find the buttons to push as long as everyone's healthy. I don't think that you know. I think they're even smarter now with Chris Paul, but. In the regular season, it's just how resilient can you be? An injury to the wrong person at the wrong time. 
I think can cause issues. If they're going to do anything, Clay Thompson has to, um, you know, get back to more of what he was pre-injuries, and might might be a tall tall task um, here. At this yeah, point. and and then when I look at it, I know we're just two games in for the Warriors season. We're very early in the season. Like as Draymond comes back, I think for me at least would make sense. Like right now, Chris Paul is playing thirty three and a half minutes per game. Like it would make sense if you take like for me. Right now, during regular season, Chris Paul should be closer to like between 25 and 30. That's where, that's where for me, Chris Paul should be because I think we've seen this story with a few times for Chris Paul. He starts off really, really strong or he starts well with some of these teams. And then when they make a deep playoff run, he'll have like an injury that hinders his effectiveness. Like happened with the Rockets, happened with the Suns. Uh, I don't think it happened with the Thunder when they when they made the playoff. I think that was the bubble season. But we, we constantly see that going on. So, like, I think if they take care of him, like Chris Paul especially, for me, I know they have him in the starting lineup, but if if they could figure out a way to get him to run that second unit for a little bit, and I think, they're, and I think they've been tinkering with that a little bit too, I think that would be great for them. Take the ball out of Curry's hands as much as you can because Curry play, plays well off the ball, but if you're playing with other unit, with other people around Chris Paul, I think you can make it work. But just want to preserve it and – it's just, I mean, this core, at the end of the day, the core, their main core is definitely, you're looking at early to mid-30s with their main core, and it's kind of just like, how long is it going to, how long are their bodies going to put up? Like, I feel like Steph is like, as weird as it is because of how his career started, Steph, I feel like right now has been probably one of the most durable, besides like a Kavon Looney, as far as their main guys. <laughs> kind of crazy with how Kavon Looney's started, too. Yeah, uh-huh. Kevon Looney was this close to being out of the league. I mean, yeah. And who knows if like Festus Azili doesn't also have a million health problems and end up going to Portland if Kevon Looney continues to get you know the second chance, like the second and third chance to turn into a center. Keep in mind, Kevon Looney was a like a small forward prospect when he was at UCLA. Like that's what they thought was going to be, and he's really transitioned into just an, a very interesting NBA player. Ultimately, I think this team's just missing missing a pair with with like I think Dario Saric is a really good like bench piece, but I I don't think they have enough on the on the bench to be versatile for enough matchups. Like I as much as Draymond plugs a lot of holes, I don't think he plugs them all. Yeah, um, let's go to the next team. Los Angeles Lakers uh, had the dreadful start last year. Um, and then fought all their way back in making the Western Conference Finals um, uh, after all the moves that they made to the deadline. And this offseason, they bring in Gabe Vincent, Torian Prince, uh, Jackson Hayes, Christian Wood also there, but, um, you know, they're, they're just trying to figure out who can they put next to Anthony Davis in the front court. Uh, maybe it's one of those guys. I don't know. Jalen Hood Shafino, I don't think he's getting any minutes. Uh, uh either so like as as their first round pick i think he's gonna spend a lot of time um uh, in the g league but i will say i really like the versatility that this team has from the jump this year and uh i've got them going to basically be the the three seed this year um i think that they've got enough resilience even to withstand missing um one of LeBron James for maybe a little bit, or uh, Anthony Davis, um, less so Anthony Davis, just because at that point your defense just tanks, 
that's the one hole on this roster that I'd like. Hey, can we get can we get a center that can actually play center and is not a power forward sized person, right? Like don't don't trust Christian Wood on the defensive end. Don't trust Jackson Hayes on the defensive end. I need someone a little bit stronger. And so for for this team though, having Torian Prince, you know, basically take the Lonnie Walker role, Gabe Vincent taking the Dennis Shooter role from the beginning, and just having the versatility um, of being able, you know, being able to have all these matchups, not from the trade deadline going forward, but from the very beginning. We haven't even seen Jared, Van- Jared Vanderbilt yet. So perhaps when he comes back, whenever he's in there, I just think that this team has a lot of um, ability to mix and match Think that they're versatile enough, and that's a big thing in the regular season as well. Yeah, I definitely like look at this team, and I mean, Brian Palenka has surprised me as far as his development as a GM. I know we were we've been very anti Brian Palenka, but he's actually been able to add some pieces to make this team serviceable. I mean, besides his blunders with like a Westbrook or like pretty much letting Alice Caruso go, and we, he is trying to at least put pieces. They've kind of figured out definitely switchability. And I'll be interested to see. I mean, if we can get some consistent lineups going. I think this this plays on what Richard was talking about with because if guys are out with injuries, it's gonna be hard to build continuity with some of their new guys, especially with some of the regular guys. Um, I've been watching so far. It's been once again another two game sample size. Kind of like Austin Reeves minutes. And it's been interesting. There's been a few times that they keep trying to pair Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell and have them like without LeBron James and do that. And this has been very, very rough for Austin Reeves. But then, of course, as many of you guys know, if we pair him with LeBron, it's going to go great. I know LeBron's plus minus right now. Well, on and off the floor, the Lakers are just horrible right now without LeBron on the floor. I think we even saw it in that Nuggets game. Like people are like, oh, the Nuggets once again just spank Lakers. But I kind of felt like the same story played out with what happened in the playoffs where the Lakers will get close, will get close. And it was like the Lakers had a good run and then they're like, I let sub LeBron out or something would happen. And then the Nuggets would just be able to close it out every single time. And I think, I think for me in perspective, a 39 year old that you're relying on to carry you and have to play heavy minutes again, like that's my worry is that he's going to have to play heavy, heavy minutes again. And we're going to be stuck with him breaking down towards the end of the season or missing a huge part because this isn't 10 years ago when you had like a Miami Heat LeBron James who can carry you for for months and months and he'll be fine. Like his body, he's been durable, but his body definitely has come to the Lakers. I think we've seen almost every year except for the bubble year because they had that, that break in between before they got to the bubble. We've seen like a LeBron injury where he's out almost like a month. I feel like we've, we've been having that now since he's been with the Lakers. So I'll be interested to see how that happens, then how they build a defensive rotation. I'll be interested to see how they go with that. Yeah, ultimately, I just think this team is a little too reliant on LeBron and that D'Lo and Reeves don't quite have that good of matchup advantages as primary creators. And as much as I like Gabe Vincent, I Gabe Vincent is best as kind of like your last resort offensive creation. Like, he can wiggle and shake and get to shots, but, like, you don't really want to have him do that. You'd rather him just kind of catch and shoot and, and play hard-nosed defense. I think what's going to be really important for the, like, Reeves and Russell, like, 
playing without LeBron or whether like you just pair Reeves with a bunch of, you know, shooters and Christian Wood or Rui and like run some two man game. It's just like so, those two guys got to develop a really tight chemistry with one of the other big guys. Like, you know, it's D'Lo's got to be D'Lo and Christian Wood just got to get on point with their pick and pop and pick and roll. Like just you got to find a way to like pair these, you know, offensively talented players together and build the chemistry to where all the stuff you give up with having them on the court matters a lot less. Austin Reeves, I think, is playing okay. Like he's just not not killing it at the mid-range game like he did to to during the playoffs last year. That very likely can change. That's just some shooting variance. And it's two games in. Like I, I have a lot of faith that this team's gonna level out, but I think it's gotta come with like some, you know, pairings with those offensive creators. I think it's like, hey, you opened up with the Denver Nuggets night one, and then you and then you played the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, with the injuries that they had, and you end up getting that win. But it's, uh, it like I just look at it and think to myself, mm, we're gonna be okay. Uh, when you get into the grind of the season, and you're playing, all right, so we get to play the Utah Jazz today, right? Or, or we we get to go play the Charlotte Hornets, or you know, some of the teams that are just not not playoff teams. Uh, like you're gonna be able to rack up the wins there. Um, yeah, Delo's gonna look bad against the Nuggets and being able to communicate and all and and uh, navigate those Jokic, um, uh, Murray, KCP actions. But guess what? You're not gonna have to do that every night. So I I just think that in, yeah, they're reliant on LeBron James, and I I'm probably assuming too much of LeBron, but I'm just gonna. Keep doing that until until he's done. Like I'll be I'll be late on that, um, from my perspective. Um, shall we get to the Clippers? The the Clippers, um, forty four thirty eight last year, forty six and a half. They really did nothing. They really did nothing. Uh, in fact, so they traded Luke Kennard to get Eric Gordon, and they let or Eric Gordon walk uh, in the offseason for. My kind of money purposes, right? Steve Ballmer, deep pockets. Hey, they just let him go. That it's not worth paying you that contract. The hope is that well, is Kawhi Leonard, is Paul George, are they going to stay healthy for enough games this season? If they do, then we've got a shot. If they don't, we're toast anyways. And having Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, and how. Helpful he was last year for them uh, after he got there. You know, he was able to do that. And I think, you know, Russ being the durable guy that he is, is going to be able to be there and and do his thing in the regular season. Maybe keep them afloat-ish in some games. But the problem is, it's just, this is a tough division. This is a tough Western conference. And how long can you withstand some of these injuries? I think last year, the Western conference was a bit lighter. Um... You know, you didn't. You had the Pelicans without Zion for the vast majority uh, of of the season, right? You had Carlton Towns out for large stretches, and uh, you. I I just think, and maybe I'm wrong here on this. I just think the Western Conference this year is not going to be so forgiving to allow you to have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard miss as many games. Yeah. I think it's going to be hard to take those nights. And you see not even teams who are might be in the playoffs, teams that are developing. 
like teams like Thunder are going to be a harder out. Teams like the Spurs are going to be a harder out. These are teams now that are building their young core and they're going to realize that some of these games that they could probably coast on with just one of those guys playing, it's not going to be as feasible before. But if they do stay healthy, I think it's possible for them to build chemistry because I like their roster. I like the, some of the some of these pieces that they have. I like them, but at the same time, I'm looking at it. And this is a team that you do not have much confidence. Like you look at this team sometimes and you're like, we've seen the pieces. But sometimes when it comes time to put together the pieces, I think this team is, I'm not expecting like a high regular season output for them because I feel like this is a team that's definitely built to make a playoff run with the way that their players are. And I'll be interested to see about the second year with the Russell Westbrook experience because last year was kind of like Russell got traded to them, um, ended up there after that trade that sent him to briefly for the Jazz for a little tiny bit and then got got there to the Clippers and it was rejuvenating for him and I'm interested to see how it goes now. How does that play out for Russell? But I feel like Paul George definitely has been out of since Paul George and Kawhi Leonard signed together. I almost feel like it's been Paul George's play. I got to look it up. I feel like Paul George has been there majority of the games. And even that one playoff run, I think with the Clippers, when he got them, I think they got past like the Jazz in that first round matchup or something happened like that. But they did really good. And Paul George, it was just Paul George mainly who helped them get past after Kawhi Leonard got injured. So I know Paul George been there to carry them, but I think let me sorry I have the doc and basketball reference pulled up. So like I mean they have them pretty much neck and neck with the Warriors, and they're like pretty much a game behind the Warriors and Lakers. That's where they have their win expectancy. So I think they're gonna keep it close, and I still think they're not gonna be as good of a team though as some of the as the Lakers or Warriors. So I. I honestly really like this team and roster still. I don't know if they're going to be healthy enough. But I, I think Paul George is just still one of the best, you know, like he's the best, best 15 players in the league, and I think he's probably pushing into the 10. Like I, I still think he's that good. I think Kawhi has moments where he can peek into that list, but he's just been a little, a little too reliant on if that knee has juice in it or not. Like I think the problem I have with this team is – the role players and like we're we're counting on the memory of Robert Covington and the memory of <laughs> Nicholas Batum and Norm Powell might be like kind of the only guy who still is like in enough of his physical prime to like actually produce on like what his name is and what expectations are like that or you're gonna have to like rely on like development of like the Kenyon Martin Jr. types or Kobe Brown a rookie and I just don't know if those are like sustainable hopes and dreams. Like, you know, Richard brought up the Eric Gordon, just like letting him walk for the price. Like that would be a really useful piece, especially for closing games when you can, you don't really need a traditional point guard because Paul George can do so much for you. Throw Eric Gordon out there and he's now a 40% three point shooter versus Westbrook, who I don't want to like, like just keep banging on this guy, but like he's, he turns the ball over a lot and he's not a good shooter. Like that's not how you close games at, at this rate, unless he has the ball the whole time and is can put rim pressure. Like he's not a closing lineup guy. And then aside from Zubak, I mean Zubak and Plumlee are both okay centers, but like neither of them like are elite defensive guys. They just kind of are available and big. Like I just wonder where they find mismatches to really like pick at, other than Paul George and Kawhi being amazing. And that's where I think they run into trouble. But 
for regular season stuff, like they still have like basically everyone on their roster except for Russ and their centers can shoot. So like that keeps you in a lot of games, even even as like the uh, the roster's turnover has happened a little bit. It, it just all comes down to the health of those two guys, and I think Paul George unfairly gets maligned is the, in the injury thing, like in like with like load management stuff, just because he's been injured, and but really it's been Kawhi Leonard getting load managed along with the injury, right? Uh, so I. I I'm. I, I just don't see like if I'm gonna bet on, uh, I, you know, usually we, we like to bet on hey assume no injury, but I think I just need to see that first with this team before I feel comfortable making making that assumption. Um, but a team that had very little injury issues last year, and I think the reason why they are projected lower this year is the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, Sabonis had a thumb thing, but he played through that. This team ended up being really highly seeded last year, albeit only 48 wins uh, in, in that Western Conference. But the Sacramento Kings at 44 and a half wins, right? The uh, lowest over-under out of any of these teams. And it feels like it has to do with people thinking, ah, well, you know, they're the Kings. And maybe the injury luck that they had last season is a little bit unsustainable. Uh, This is a team that really leaned into offense, and on the scope, they had opportunities, I think, this offseason to make some moves. I don't really think they did. I don't think Chris Duarte is a needle mover. Uh, They got Sasha Vazenkov, who might be able to be the four, uh, but I, I don't know. I think that overall this team is going to still be good, still be in the play-up mix. I like them better than the Clippers, but, you know, kind of maybe around that Golden State Warriors range, not as good as the Lakers, in my opinion. I don't know. That's where I have this team uh, kind of finishing uh, fourth seed, fifth seed, maybe um, playoffs, but I think I think above the play-in. I do trust the offense um, for this team. Yeah, I think, I think this is definitely a team that I... I know, I know, like over under has them last in this division, but part of me, just looking at how they they kept a lot of, I mean, they kept their main guys intact, their main roster intact. I look at it, I'm like, you know what, this team could just as easily come back. They have every run that they need, their main pieces, run it back and have a super good year again, have a really solid year. And that's where I'm thinking. I was like, man, this could possibly be feasible. Like, I would not be surprised if this team ends up in the top four in the playoffs. Like, it wouldn't be surprised me if they find themselves in the fourth seed. I don't know. Just looking at the chemistry that they built last year, and I'm very positive. Not very positive, but I feel good about what they already have established. And I'm excited with it. And I just think that they can build upon it. I think I keep hearing people saying, like, this is a team that's going to be out of the playoffs. I've heard a lot of people say they're going to be out of the playoffs. Like, I... Like maybe like Tensi trying to get into that that play in, and I'm like I don't think they're gonna drop that far, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get back up to a third seed again. I would be like, okay, that seems pretty fair to me. But it's just I think the other side is because they kept their one together. Like they didn't really for me they didn't really add much to make me think like oh what other pieces are we adding to improve it? Like I see these additions here. I mean 
you have a guy that I'm very well familiar with, Chris Chris Dwight, our 2021 draft pick from the Pacers. There's a reason why we traded him away for, I believe it was a couple of second round draft picks. Moved them along. Don't get me wrong, love the guy. He's also Dominican. I'm Dominican. I always root for any Dominican who's in the league. But I think it was just one of the things that they said he kept struggling with here in Indiana when they looked at the film was pace of play and keeping up with the speed of the NBA game. And I was wondering how it goes. I think Chris Dwight's one of the older draft picks too, like as far as like coming out of Oregon, he was an older player already. But one of the things he struggled with that Indiana had time giving him minutes was the speed at much times was too much and decision making wasn't there quick enough. We'll see if he gets much minutes, but I would, I like to see the combo of Fox and Sabonis to keep developing and kind of see where we go from there. But I think about what happened last year in the playoffs with the Warriors. Given the Warriors were a very bad matchup for the Kings, but I, I'm interested to see, is it going to be one of those, like, now we regress more after having that disappointing first round, or are we going to build upon this and try to push? And that that's where I'm at with them. Yeah, I don't know if they did anything to, like, solve the problem that they match with the Warriors. Maybe they just hope that's not the team they play, because I feel like that team does, like, have some of the worst matchups for this team. Like, obviously, Sabonis can't guard Nikola Jokic, but I got the point of the game where, like, DeMond Sabonis can probably do a lot of the similar things back at Nick Nikola, whereas, like, Draymond Green can figure out Sabonis decently well. And that really stifles a lot of their options. And then Sabonis so isn't exactly a fleet of footwork. Draymond Green can still kind of get to some spots and use that um, you know, dribble handoff and short roll game to like really open up all, a lot of sores. And then they you know get shot over the top. I think the thing that's really good about this team, though, is like you're talking about Chris Duarte, like not having quite as like like not up to NBA speed for like playmaking. I think, I don't think he needs to do anything but catch and shoot the ball. Like honestly, if he dribbles more than 40 times this season, he's done something wrong. He's not doing his role right. Cause between Mitchell monk and Fox Sabonis, And then like lastly Herter getting to some mid range, you don't need anyone else to like do stuff with the ball. And, like, that's not even counting on any development from, like, Keegan Murray and Harrison Barnes doing adult things. Like, if, like, Chris Duarte, I don't think, could be in a better spot to just run up, run three-point line to three-point line and just chuck and duck and guard the, another team's decent offensive output. Like, th- this team's just going to be good. I don't know where they, if they fixed any of their problems. I think it's going to require Keegan Murray to, like, take a step up like that guy's gonna have to be a little bit more of like a lockdown defensive player and I'm not quite sure he's got that in the tool bag but that's kind of like where this season hinges of a can they take another step beyond like making the playoffs and fighting in the first round is can Keegan Murray be a force on like both ends not just like oh yeah I'm a great shooter and I'm not a sieve like we need him to like almost be like the defense a defensive playmaker for this team as he's kind of like the only like plus athlete on that back line. Yeah, he kind of needs to begin to take over as Harrison Barnes begins to do it. I know they they retain Harrison Barnes. That was a question going into the offseason. Would they do that? But like he needs to start taking up that, that mantle. And as far as, you know, we're mentioning Chris, Chris Duarte, his best season was his rookie season where he was able to play off Sabonis. So maybe there's the hope that, 
you could rekindle a little bit of that. But um, but yeah, it's we're gonna see. Um, we'll see how it goes this this year. There's the Pacific Division, fellas. Um, we've done it. Uh, we'll, I'm, I'm excited to get into week two of, of the NBA season, um, and I'm hoping that my Pistons, uh, you know, two and one right now. I, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna enjoy being above above 500. We'll take it. We'll take it. Pistons, no more losses until December. Here we go. This might be the only time in this pod's history that your two teams have had winning records and my team has had a losing record. I know it's only <laughs> That's probably couple correct. games into the season, but it still might be the we'll only time. It. Like we've all had losing records and the Heat have dug out. This might be. I think this is the uh-huh. only time that it's been this way. Yeah. But also, too, uh, your team has been the most recent one back in the finals compared to ours. That is true. Very recent, yes. Well, fellas, right. um, look, look, right. look forward to talking next week. Yep. Yep.